We believe it's not only important to build churches and to go into areas where many places the gospel is not heard. Victory Church is a strong church, but we are not self-absorbed. We have everything that you could ever imagine in a church, from all the programs that relate to youth to, to uh, uh, senior citizens and everything in between. But we also know that we re need to touch those that are outside the walls of the church. That's why we do the Dream Center and, and reach there and then with groceries and ministry. We have full-time staff down at Fifth and Kettles, our Dream Center there, so it's not limited to that. And since the emphasis is upon university campuses, we wanted you to see that particular video. I've got some great news. I know you're going to want to respond. We took up an offering on Easter Sunday, first time we've ever done that, and uh, we took it up for Egypt because the, the government of Egypt said, uh, we're, we're relaxing some of the policies that during a small window of time that those that that desire can build churches here and or you can expand facilities. And so when we found that out, our missionaries said, we are ready to go. Well, we took an offering on Easter Sunday and I'm happy to report to you, friend, that because of that offering, $75,000 came in and that will go to Egypt one more time. Thank you so much. By the grace of God, 90% Muslim population. And what are we doing? We're saying, devil, you might think you have that tied up, but you don't because this gospel shall be preached. Say that with me, shall be preached. Say it again, shall be preached. And you know, when you honor God in your giving and you honor God in the tithe, God brings blessing and favor. We have one of the most dynamic youth divisions uh, in the state. We're so happy. Many young people filled with the Holy Spirit and giving their life to Christ, but they're talented. We have what is called a fine arts program in our movement here in Peninsula, Florida. We're in Orlando at Faith Church this weekend, Friday and Saturday. I don't know, a couple thousand young people from around the district, and they got out there and they had ensembles and solos and, and sermon preparation and, and songwriting activities, large ensemble, small ensemble, and victory showed up for that. You see, part of, the, uh, part of the favor is when you honor God as being faithful to God in your talents and in your giving, God said, I'll produce young talent, and he did. So we went there. Guess what? We happened to have taken 11 first place, five second places, four third places, all a part of fine arts for the young people here at Victory. Put your hands together, and let's say thanks to Mark and his team and Judah for, for making that happen by the grace of God. I want to thank you as you honor God in your giving. I'm going to pray over business. You know, the number one thing that I hear is pastor. We can't find labors. We can't find help. We can't find anybody. We finally made it through COVID. Thank God. But now we have more business than we can manage and, and we can't find anyone who wants to really buckle down and go to work. So would you pray about that? Others have said, boy, we need to make capital improvements. We can't manage all of it, help us. Some have said, we barely survived. And I don't know that we're gonna make it another month or two. 
I've had families who have said, well, God really needs to show up in our finances. We had sickness and the expense of just our part to pay has been overwhelming. But you know what? God is able to meet every need. It's a whole lot easier to go to God and pray when you're in need, when you know that you've been faithful up to that point. And so I'm going to pray right now over families and finances and favor because God is able. Amen. Father, I humble my heart. You know about finances. You told us in the word to give our first fruits. You didn't want the leftovers. You don't want the ones that are just gleaning after the best harvest is gone. Bring the first fruits. You told us to, as we give, to honor you and to see if in fact that you would not bring blessing and anointing. So it is in the name of Jesus that we ask that you would open the gates of blessing and improvement. And God, bring about an abundance. Not only that, meet the needs. But then, Lord, if some are in deep debt because they misspent, they didn't use their head, they didn't count the cost, here's what we're asking you to do. Have mercy, God. And reach down in the middle of that. And would you bring to pass a solution and a blessing? We need that. And Lord, we give you praise for all the abundance you have given us. And here's the deal. We can't make it without you. We can try and we might be doing well in a lot of areas, but there's always something that, Father God, we're going to need help with. Meet that need. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Would you thank Kevin over there has been playing for about 35 minutes. It's a little tough. If he wasn't such a tough dude, he wouldn't be able to play that long. Well, here we go. Uh, the me I want to be. And here's my prayer. It's always my prayer. God, I, I want you to let the people have a comprehension or understanding to say, God, you know what? I'm not going to remember everything pastor said. He knows that. Pastor knows that. But here's what my prayer is, that may you remember a little something, a nugget of truth or something that will go with you, that you can say, that stuck, that resonated. If that can happen, it's just a simple seed, but it'll grow in your heart. And as it grows in your heart, it will bring dividend and blessing back. But here's what else. In my time of prayer, I think Friday and Saturday, the Lord seemed to speak to me and said, you know, I speak to men differently than I speak to women. How many believe that? Men, sometimes they comprehend on one and women comprehend on another. So my prayer is this, that whatever you need as a man, that God will speak to you and that whatever you need as a woman, God will speak to you. And then my prayer is for all the young people. And all the young marriage that God will speak to you on a level that you say, that was really, really, really good. Now I'm going to talk because one of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul writes about in Galatians 5 number 22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is, is what? 
Peace, peace. Fruit of the Spirit is peace. And everybody desires what I call peace of mind. I'd like, I'd like a peace of mind. I've heard some people say, buddy, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them a peace of my mind. Well, some of you have already given so much away. You're, you're delirious. You're not the same. You've given too many pieces away. God said, I want you to have peace of mind. Well, business owners like peace of mind. Students say, man, I like peace of mind. I'm facing a big old test and I'm going to need God to show up. Well, here's the deal. God said, have you studied? Have you applied yourself? Have you gone over the principles? Do you have the material? And when you say yes, God said, go ahead and have peace of mind. Now, the opposite of peace or peace of mind is stress, stress. Stress is always a challenge. So I want to give you a little quiz. You're going to have to help me out and all of you in the balcony and those of you here on this floor and, and those of you online. When I, I give you the lead few words, you, you complete it. Everybody good? Here we go. I'm ready to throw in the... Whoa, that's good. Yeah, I tell you, the first group here can't compare to you guys. You're just way up there. I'm at the end of my. Come on, balcony. I need to hear y'all. I'm just a bundle of nerves. Nerves. My life is falling. Yeah, falling apart. I'm at my wits end. I feel like resigning from the human race. I feel like, you know what that is? Those are lines of, of desperation. And when people are under stress, they're uptight. And when we get uptight, we say, I got to do something, got to take something. Do you know yesterday, 15 tons of aspirin were sold in the United States. As a matter of fact, every day, a minimum of 15 tons of aspirin are sold in the good old yes, oh, U.S. of A., well, but here Proverbs says, listen up, everybody, a heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. That means that too much stress, I would come from simple deduction, that that would be unhealthy blood pressure, heart rate, and on and on that we go. Now, I want to give you three types of peace. And I want you to try to just grab hold of it. This will not take long. How many believe that? <clears throat> How many don't give two liver lips? You don't even care. Well, let me give you number one. Here it is, spiritual peace. Spiritual peace is the foundation. So Paul writes Romans 5.1. Since we have been justified through what? Faith. Through faith, we have peace with, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the foundation. Peace with God. That means I have to make a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If I want peace with God, I've got to say, forgive me of my sins. And, and a great portion of you have done that. Here's number two, emotional peace. Emotional peace is peace of God, not with God. You've covered that, but peace of God. That, that's what where most of us think, and that's that internal process and sense of well-being. So Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 15, let the peace of God, there it is, rule in your hearts since you were called to 
peace. Now, rule is mentioned one time in the Bible. One time, and here's what it means in the Greek. It means umpire. That word rule one time in the scripture means umpire. It says the peace of God will be the umpire in your life. Umpires do what? They keep the peace. It'll give you an internal governor in your heart that keeps peace when everything around you is blowing up. Well, have you heard people say, I just need to get away. I don't know. I just need to get away. I'm confused because I ran into somebody else. There's no place like home. I'm saying, well, which is it? I just need to get away or there's no place like home. Well, I think there are times that people need to get away. But let me tell you something. Very seldom do you ever really get away. Do you know why? Particularly if you've not learned to deal with stress and have the peace that passes all understanding, you just lay down. You're at, you could be in Tahiti out on the beach and have number 100 suntan lotion all over you. And by the way, you lay out in the heat in Tahiti, the place that you miss will show up that night with the lotion. And you can lay out there and say, oh, I'm glad I got away. That old mind is still clicking. It's still running. It's still going. You're thinking about now the meetings you got next week. And you understand that that's called emotional peace. And then finally, relational peace. This is one that might be the challenge for a lot of people. That's peace with relationships, peace with, with men. Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, he says, live at peace with everybody. Okay, let's have a reality check. Are there some people that you think, no matter how hard you try, you are never going to have peace with them? Anybody? Anybody? So, well, I tried. You know what they did? They shoved it right down my throat. Peace with them? I mean, every time we get together, we just rub wrong. Hopefully you're not married. <laughs> Peace and relationships. He said, you see, no relationship is ever totally your responsibility. What do I mean by that? You can try, 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 and try again, and it just never works. That person has a made-up mind. They don't like you. They want you to know it. They don't care how you feel about it. But you know what? That doesn't stop us from saying, I want to do my best to, to reach out until I get to the place. There's a scripture that says, just shake the dust off your feet and leave them alone. Peace. Paul writes very methodically. As it depends on you. You can have spiritual peace, yet with God. You can have emotional peace, and you can have relational peace. And that's, those are the areas that we deal with. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, let me give you a little inside track. Here it is, John 14, 27. I leave with you peace. I give you my own peace. And my gift is nothing like the peace of this world, do not be distressed or daunted or dismayed. That's a promise from God. He said that right before Jesus went to the cross. That's what he said. He said two things. I want to give you peace as a gift. 
give you peace. In other words, you don't earn it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to purchase it. It's yours free. And then secondly, he said, the peace that I give you internally, emotionally, and scripturally, he said, the peace that I give you is not fragile, but the world peace is fragile. They'll declare peace one minute. Did you know in the last 3,500 years that there've only been 286 years where there was no war? Do you know what that means? That 86% of the time in the last 3,500 years, 35, 86% of the time there's been a war. Oh, we're going to sign a peace agreement. Not so. God said, my peace is not related to circumstances. In the middle of trouble, you can feel the peace that passes all understanding. How can you do that? How are you going to have those three? How are you going to accept God's peace? As you see, I know this scripture is extremely valuable because there are too many challenges of people in upset relationships, upset circumstances, too much gruff, too many minds being given a piece of, and all that goes with it. And America's in a turmoil and the stomach is turning inside out. And the great reason is we don't know Jesus. The second reason, when we don't know Jesus, other things that are important aren't valuable to the degree that you're giving yourself away. So how do we, how do we get a grip? It's this, we obey God's principles. Better put, we obey God's word. Hello? Psalms 119, 165, and 167. Here we go. Great peace have they who love your law, your book, and nothing can make them stumble. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. This might be the nugget you need to remember. Some people have read restaurant menus more than they've read this. Well, I know the menu of chilies like the back of my hand. But not this. When you are lacking in imbibing, imbibing the Word of God into your heart, you will run against challenges that will rock your world. I told you a story a couple of weeks ago of Sharon and, and she, the hood. I need to get under the hood to, with her car. And, and I looked for the hood release. I went to the front. Remember I told you there's that little lever that's there that you push it. The hood comes on up. But there's a button that you push or a lever that you pull that gets it to go up first. And I looked for that. I couldn't find it. I did push one that was the emergency brake. That didn't work. I looked and looked and looked. I'd scratch my fingers up trying to find it. I thought, well, it's under here somewhere. Just got to be. And what does Sharon say? She opens the glove compartment. She says, um, owner's manual. Now, let me tell you about a man. Men had rather say, I'd rather have a good case of poison ivy than have to read the instruction before I get started. Or just give me, just, just give me good old strep throat rather than having to read the deal. Well, naturally, she found it and said, and I was in the driver's seat, and I'd already checked on She said, it's right over there where you're seated. 
used to remind me, see, I knew this was just like, this was just like, what are you looking for, honey? I, well, I'm looking for the ketchup. It's right there in front of you. Don't you love it? Now, every time that happens, I'm thinking, God, make the ketchup disappear. <laughs> it's right to the right. It's right to the right. You're looking left. No, right. I'm looking right. Right. There it is. Thank you, great day. No, no, why do you need to look at the owner's manual? Because you know you're in deep trouble if you can't find the hood release and you need the owner's manual to find that. Are you with me? And so here's what God has said. You want to live a happy, productive life? You don't want any stress? You want to sing? You want to rejoice? Well, here's what you better do. You better learn to get in the book and understand the principles of Almighty God. That will enable you to have a healthy mental and emotional and spiritual life. Do you believe that? Say amen. Here's another thing. We need to accept God's pardon. You know, m many people beat themselves up more than they need to. There are some people right now under the sound of my voice listening there at home online and that are here that you have never forgiven yourself for something that you may have done. Well, I did ask God to forgive me, but I, I just can't. No, you, you need to come to the realization. Who do you think you are if the king of the universe has forgiven you and you will not forgive yourself? Well, you'll find out how easily you can forgive yourself by how easy it is for you to forgive others. Well, you don't understand what happened. Listen carefully. You damage your own welfare, happiness, joy, and peace when you fail to say, holding nothing back, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And when you do that, it's wonderful. Micah 7, verse number 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mystery. God pardons people. Well, here's what we know. There have been some who were who were falsely charged in the uh, penal system and justice system. And DNA came along and said, hey, we found out we did DNA testing on that. That person that's been serving for 5, 10, 15, 30 years, they're innocent. DNA proves they did not do the crime. Well, so we get to release them. And here's something else. Not only that same DNA, somebody killed somebody 25 years ago, robbed a bank 30 years ago, or did something they got away in thinking, I am scot-free, and so I don't have to worry. DNA showed up and said, mur, 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 mur. you robbed that bank. We have here the DNA to prove it. It works, see, it's, it works both ways in that regard. But God says, hey, it's simple. You need forgiveness? I will give you forgiveness, and you will not have to live under the stress. What the problem is, when people do not align with the Word of God, and they sin, 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 and never really become sincere to get forgiveness from God, and as a result of that, there is a word called guilt. And guilt 
goes with everybody. Amen? Guilt goes with everybody. And when guilt weights you down, here's why. You haven't asked God to forgive you or you haven't allowed yourself to forgive yourself. And the choir said, amen. Here's another. Focus on God's presence. How many of you appreciate God's presence? Raise your left hand. That's good. We, we got to teach right, left here. I can see that right now. Uh, focus on God's presence. One of my favorites, in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, Troubles vanish. Hearts are mended. In the presence of the King. And then I tell the worship team, add to it. He was there all the time. And you know, every time I sing that song, I'm saying, he's here. Hallelujah, he's here. I'm in his presence. In his presence is holiness. In his presence is forgiveness. In his presence is peace of mind. In his presence, you feel like a mighty man. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And Paul writes, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So in my office, when I'm facing circumstances that, that wow, I don't have a solution to, or I face a family or someone, man, I'm, I'm dying with cancer and that just wears on me. I, I, just, I just simply say, God, I need to get peace here. I, I need to get peace. I told them, you will live and not die. Well, how dare you say that? What do you want me to say? You're going to die. Oh, thank you, mighty pastor. What a great man of faith. But when you take a step of faith, the devil will challenge you with everything that's within you. And you say, you go ahead and bring your challenge, hallelujah, because the one I'm depending on said, Lazarus, come forth out of the grave. And he did. And he did. You see, Corey Ten Boom said, you look at the world and you'll be distressed. You look within and you'll be depressed. But you look at Christ and you'll be at rest. She was a lady that knew. So the psalmist in Psalms 40, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Be still. I know that I'm the Lord. Now here's, here's a late news bulletin. David did not write that one. He didn't. He said, I need a drink of water. Somebody else wrote it. But let me give you the background to it. The background is that, that Jerusalem was under attack. Jerusalem was under attack. And, uh, and as a result of that, sent him cherub. Sent a cherub. You remember him? Sinem Cherub had 180,000 Assyrian soldiers 
surrounding Jerusalem. And he attended to annihilate them. They looked and they saw the strength of Sennacherib. The Syrian thought, wow, what are we going to do? And this is what they prayed. God, you're our refuge. You're our strength. You're our ever-present help in the time of trouble. That's all we have is you. And the Bible said that God sent a plague and destroyed that army. Jerusalem was, was not taken over. They all survived. All survived because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob showed up when they said, you're our refuge. It's Jehoshaphat, God. We don't know what in the world's going on, but here's one thing we do know. Our eyes are upon you. And then here's another thing he told them. Be still. How many have children? Come on. How many have children? Get them up real high. How many like them? How many like your grandkids more than you like your kids? It's all right to say that. See, I like my kids. Let me tell you, you, you got to like your kids. You know what the Bible says? When you get old, your kids are supposed to take care of you. So you pray blessing on your kids. That's right. Pray blessing on them. That's the difference in a one-room shack with a window air conditioner. Or living in a nice three-bedroom apartment. Because they're taking care of you. Somebody say amen. You want me to prophesy it? I can do it right now. But here's what he says. Be still. In the Hebrew, that means let up, ease off, and let go. Pascal said, most of man's problems come from his inability to sit still. When you have kids, did you ever say, be still? Sit still. I never could. My mother's watching right now. She will attest to that. Sit still. Be still. But as a grown adult, there are times when the storm is raging that the best thing in the world to do is to find a place and just say, I'm waiting on you. Oh, they were in the upper room. <clears throat> Waiting on the Lord. Just waiting. Can I do that while Hallmark is on? We got to hurry up and be still. Hallmark is on. And maybe I'll be still long enough because at about an hour and a half into it, there's always a breakup. And I don't want to miss that, so I'll be still now. And once the breakup takes place, I know I have 15 or 20 minutes before the kiss at the end. <laughs> you know. Be still. What do we expect 
some of the greatest experiences that people of God have had is not when the revival fires were lighting up all over the place, though that's wonderful. It's when they found a quiet place and they sat with God. He says, not only that, know that I am God. Know that I am God. Every hurricane has a center of the storm. Donna came through numerous, four came through here uh, several years ago. But in every storm, it has an eye, particularly if it's a big storm. And the winds can rage and things flying all over the place and being ripped apart. But when that eye passes over, it's right there. You scream and say, thank God. Wow, this is amazing. Be still. You be surprised how that leaves. And then finally, trust God's purpose. Have an individual tends church here. He's supposed to have a, a back surgery. He's a wealthy individual. He got time for the surgery last week. That's a tedious surgery. Pretty expensive. His insurance had a little problem. He was set to have surgery. He said to the hospital, I'll tell you what I'll do. Tell me how much it is, and I'll write you a check. What is it? Two, three, four hundred thousand? I'll write you a check. When the insurance... When the insurance comes through, then you can give me my money back. And of course, they wouldn't do that. They rescheduled the surgery for a week or 10 days from now. But he looked at me between, or the, after the first service. He said, but you know, Pastor, I didn't have that surgery because God is up to something. And it was not his will for it to happen when it was scheduled. Do you believe that's the kind of God we serve? Do you think that God has a purpose? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. You know, I got to trust, lean, acknowledge. And, and then the Lord said, he'll direct my path. How wonderful is that? You just believe in God's purpose. And then finally, you ask for God's peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Would you stand? Father, in the name of Jesus, we have given enough information out to enlighten our congregation this morning. And we know that you have the, you have the anointing and that the third person of the Trinity is here in this room. The Holy Ghost of God is here. The unction of the Holy Spirit, the great healer, is here. Be healed in the name of Jesus, we can say. We can say, come forth out of that grave. We can say tension and stress, get lost. You will not find a place here. God, 
I will sing praises unto your name. I will declare the glory of who you are. I will be still in the holy presence and not let any thought or any power of darkness impregnate my mind with doubt. I am more than a conqueror and I am leaning on you, not on myself. But I believe all things work together for the good of the individuals that are honoring and trusting in you. The me I want to be. God, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm satisfied with me, but I need a few improvements so I can be a little bit better for you. Let that be so. And so you're here now. And you know what? Some of you are not right with Jesus. I mean, you understand salvation. You understand redemption. I mean, you've sat through many altar calls. And maybe a time or two you've even engaged. But you came to the conclusion it didn't stick. It didn't stay with me long enough. I lapsed back in. To a life of habits that are not pleasing to you. But this morning, God spoke into your heart. And you say, I'll, I'll tell you what, once again, I need to get everything right with God. I need to do that. In the name of Jesus. Or you need healing. You say, I'm stressed out. I've been stressed out. I've been crying over situation, relationships. We're faced with financial challenge, and I've just let it run me into the ground. But today, that's going to stop. Or I need to make a decision regarding our future and future of change. Do we go or do we not go? Do we buy or not buy? Tell us, God. But here's what's going to happen. God's going to give you what you need right now. But first, we're going to clean the slate with everybody in your heart. Would you repeat this prayer after me? It goes like this. Let's repeat it. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the for cross. my sins. For my sins. I believe a part of me, I believe part of me is spiritual. Is spiritual. I believe you created me. I believe you created me. I believe my life belongs to you. I believe my life belongs to you. So I'm ask you to take my life. So I ask you to take my life. As I ask for forgiveness. As I ask for forgiveness. Renew a real new spirit in me. Renew a real spirit in me. Renew a pure heart in me. Renew a pure heart in me. Renew a right spirit in me. Renew a right spirit in me. And God, as you do, God, I will you. follow you. I will follow I will you. not back up. I will not I'll be faithful to you. I'll be faithful. I'll get into your word. I'll get into your word. And I'll be guided, and I'll be guided by what you say. By what you say. So in Jesus' name, so in Jesus use name, me. Use me. By the authority of your word. By the authority of your word. Amen. 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 We have altar workers here. They've been trained, but here's the deal. Two or three are gathered, and so we gather in his name, and individuals agree on two. Or three agree on anything. You see, this is a spiritual time. Just a little time like this will determine to God the availability of your act of obedience. I'm obedient, God. 
Now I'm going to give you a little push to simply take your need down to that altar. I want to see if you're able to do something as simple as that. Because most of the time, if you can't do that, when it comes to a major decision, you'll waffle on me. And I need to set you up for success. I need to set you up for abundance. And obedience is important. So we're going to sing. If you need to slip in this altar and you feel like that's what God wants you to do, come on down. We're going to worship a little more. If you want to leave, you're welcome to leave. You consider dismissed. Those of you that are visiting, I'll meet you in the lobby at the uh, Visitor Central out there in the middle of the lobby just to say hello to you, hello to you personally for a moment. Let you know that we love you. But right now, let's be obedient to the Lord. Amen. So we'll wait a few moments on you. God bless you as we worship together. Here we go. to thy hands, lift my 